Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Really excited for today's show with Ellie Wyndham. Ellie someone I've been following on Instagram for a very long time. Someone who does a great job building community in the New York City area for runners, especially runners who aren't just tearing it up, right? People who aren't like, hey, I'm going to go TQ or I'm going to BQ this year, right? It's like the average everyday runner that so many of us are, not average in terms of you know what we can do in life, but just from a, a running speed perspective, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So many of us are there. Again, average means like the median, right? So, so many of us are close to that ability. They say the average marathon time is around 430. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's 10 minute pace and so many of us around that. And there's, again, something that I think we need to continue to embrace in the running community. And Ellie does such a great job of that in the New York City area. And we talk all about that in this episode. And I'm so glad we did. Also, I don't know if you've done it yet. Have you gone over to Relay? This past week, we had a uh, book club episode with our own Kara Goucher. Uh, it was open to the public. It was absolutely fantastic. We're putting it out, uh, the recordings today. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash relay. You can watch it. You can listen to it free of charge. Uh, we're doing such interesting things over there, and we're changing it a little bit. Now it's going to be, uh, again, we're still having written pieces and those one-off pieces of content, which are fantastic, but we're really diving into the community side of things, right? We're doing uh, community calls. We're doing Ask Us Anythings. We're having reaction podcasts and things like that where we open up to people to join us on the calls to just build that running community that so many of us want to be a part of. And not only that, not only are the people who are subscribed to really wonderful people that we are having so much fun interacting with, but you get to interact with people like Stephanie Flippin, Kara Goucher, Lindsay Hine, Peter Bromka, Tommy Runs is now part of the community. Just an unbelievable cast of characters that... There are people in my life, and I'm so glad they are, and they can be in your life as well. Head over to Relay at patreon.com forward slash Relay. It's $9 a month, and it's completely worth it to build that community and to have these amazing people in your lives. So let's get into this episode with Ellie Wyndham. All right, Ellie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. So we're actually, we were going to record this on a different day, and then it got moved, and then it got moved again. And we moved it to 12.30 a.m. on Boston Marathon Monday. I don't know if, if – I definitely didn't have that on the brain when I scheduled this conversation. Uh, but I was like, I can't move this call again. We, we got to get this done. I don't know if you were aware uh, that I had scheduled it for Boston Marathon Day. But if you did, if you were aware, thank you for being so patient with me. Well, that's okay. I kind of forgot to. And then I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, I have something at 12.30. <laughs> so I know, it's right. It works out. No it's worries. Like, I have like multiple calendars in my brain that don't like sync up. You know what I mean? It's almost like having a Gmail calendar and then like an iCloud calendar. Like sometimes for me, like I have some certain things like on this calendar over here and other things, the other calendar over here. And sometimes they don't mix. And this is a great example of that situation. So we just finished up watching the Boston Marathon. Holy cow. Two electric races. We're not going to dive into that all the whole thing today, but like it just happened. So it was so much fun to watch. I know you're at work. Were you able to, to sneak a peek at the race while you're sitting in your office? Yeah, I was looking at the social media feed and looking at the finishers, um, you know, the top women and men. Um, and it's just exciting to see, you know, the elites go, go, go come through. And then now you're waiting for your friends to come through, too. So, it's you know, it's 
or now it's just like, you know, you're anticipating for them to, you know, cross the finish line, but tracking them um, with other friends is quite fun to to uh, look at the chat group right now. Yeah, and it makes for a long day of spectating, right? Because especially like I have a lot of friends that started about an hour ago. And they're, you know, they're going to be running between three and four hours. So you think about like you turn this thing on at like 930 or something. And it's like you're basically going to be like marathon watching until almost dinner time if you're like on the from an East Coast time perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I have some friends who might be over five hours. So um, it will take a little bit of time for them to cross. But um, I think when I did it last year, it was like 520 or something like that when I finished so right exactly so what was your biggest takeaway from running boston a lot of hills <laughs> just <laughs> so i just I, last year um i finished my second 60k in february and then i had boston marathon so i was actually injured with the it van so my my whole in between Boston and the ultra was basically riding my bike and bike pacing and not really run on my leg because it was hurting. So I actually ran um, Boston with a hurt IT van. <laughs> but then then I ran a half marathon week after um, the Boston. So it seemed a little bit easier, but then I had to take at least a good month off um, to recover from the IT ban for from Boston and the half marathon. So definitely uh, added strength training <laughs> to my my uh, new schedule um, because of that. Now I know how important it is to have strength training um, and running uh, and stretching. <laughs> so it's it's been now I feel like I'm much stronger than last year. So. The IT band injury is one that can linger for people, and especially having one develop um, in between an ultra and Boston, which is obviously a, a, a huge race and something you want to be prepared for, right? Because you don't know how many times you're going to run a race like that, and uh, there's you know a lot of reasons for that. But as you're progressing through that, what was like the advice you were getting from your PT? Obviously, you mentioned like you were riding the bike, but how were you able to navigate, you know, being prepared to run? while also not kind of inflaming the area and making it worse. Yeah, I mean, I basically could not run on it. So I just had to bike pace the whole time and go to PT. And, you know, they said, like, I'm like, this is the only time I'll ever get to go to Boston. So I was like, I got to at least make it, um, make it happen to finish under six hours. Um, but I think because I did so many hills, for the ultra, the hills in Boston wasn't as bad. I mean, it was hilly, but it didn't feel as bad as the the hills in the ultra and Black Canyon. Uh, and then the la the third race, the half Brooklyn half, um, it was just little, like a small little hill. At least in my eyes, it was small. But <laughs> so every hill kept getting getting a little bit easier on each race. So um, so it kind of gave me confidence at the last race and a half that I can do really well. Gotcha. And then we just like, what, what PT exercises were you doing with the IT band stuff? Again, we're not going to linger on here and you're not like, you're not, you know, 
well, I'm not I, like a doctor of physical therapy or anything like that, but well, I am curious because a lot of people deal with that sort of thing. And I know it can linger for people. And as someone who worked through it, I think some people would maybe be able to, you know, yeah. gain some knowledge just from your experience of working through it. I think the, we did a lot of ankle um, exercises and especially around the butt area and to, you know, strengthen that. Um, we did a lot of bands, um, but that was, um, last year. So I can't remember what we actually did last year, but I did an IT band issue again after Berlin last year. <laughs> so again, I ran on a bad IT band and it flared up in mile 13 and Berlin marathon. Again, I got PT after, and I was out for a month again and then that's when I really got more serious on strength training and you know at least did it once a week and then build up to two twice a week um so now I feel like my legs are much stronger and they were much stronger for the ultra this past year but the PT exercises um you know you can do at home or you can just google it on YouTube um and I just don't remember exactly what we did, but it helped. So I'm more fully recovered from that. Well, you've run a lot of very interesting races, a lot of high profile races and done so in a way that I think a lot of runners can connect to in terms of like, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to interview amateur runners for a reason, right? That we look at people who are doing amazing things that we view as like, hey, it's not that this person's like this like all world genetic freak of an athlete like they're a person just like me and look at all the amazing races they're doing and they're running ultras and they're coming back from boston and they're running berlin and and this is all really incredible stuff so and and we're going to touch on this in a second just the work that you're doing in new york city about you know group running and all the work that you're doing from a community perspective i think to lay the groundwork for that how did you get into running and more importantly not more importantly but into running specifically but also just like running culture and kind of the the community side as well well i started um running in middle school um in middle school i was um bullied and had faced racism and i also had learning difficulties and a lot of the stress and anxiety that I was experiencing um, in middle school was a lot for me. So one of the things that um, was suggested was to join a sports team. And I was like, okay, I'll, I seen my dad run, you know, a half marathon. So I was like, okay, maybe if my dad can do it, I can do it too. So I signed up for the cross country team um, and I did my first like mile <laughs> I was the slowest one, but, you know, it didn't matter at that time. Um, but I loved cross country because it gave me structure and community. Um, I loved the workouts, I like having track meet. I mean, like the cross country meets and we go together as a team. We do stretching together. It was just like a really nice um, community that I joined. Um, and what was it? eighth and ninth grade no seventh eighth and ninth grade and um so that's how I started to like running and it was exciting when you actually go faster because at that time I was pretty fast in like the fastest I ever was in my life um but it was it was it was fun because you know the mile trials you know you try to run as fast as you can um and so that's how I started with my running is in middle school 
And then I actually started a, not started, but I joined a 5K club. Um, so I switched schools in high school um, from a public school to a private school. And we didn't have a cross country team. So my art teacher actually started a 5K club. So where we would sign up for a 5K and train for it together. And she would take us um, to these races together. And it was like only like four of us. Um, so it was like a very intimate team, um, but we got to run together and that was fun. And then I didn't run in college, but when I moved to New York in 07 is when I started to run the races and New York Roadrunners. And then I left the country and then came back and then I started running and I think I signed up for the nine. No, I didn't sign up for the nine plus one. I actually signed up for the Cherry Blossom um in dc the 10 miler and that was my first real race and <laughs> it was quite fun and then my friend's like let's have sign up for a full marathon i was like are you sure i didn't even do a half yet <laughs> and so we signed up for philadelphia marathon 2012 and then that's kind of how i started doing marathons but it took me a while to get to my second marathon I did the nine plus one with the um, New York Road Runners and got into uh, New York that way. So, and then since then I ran a couple more marathons, but I didn't really join a community until like 2017. Um, and, you know, I was joining a small group that did art runs. And so that's how I got introduced is by someone who DM me to take pictures and they were like, oh, you want to take pictures of you? I was like, okay. And then he actually was um, taking pictures for this one group. And that's how I got introduced to the running community because I was like this, I didn't know this was a thing. Um, so we would have track every Tuesday and that's my first time to do track workout. And then that's how I, you know, started to slowly understand there's a lot of people who like to run. <laughs> and then I met more people. And then I met um, my coach, Jesse Zappo, at one of the, um, like, influencer runs with Whole Foods. And, and that's how I, you know, got plugged in with Girls Run NYC because she's the founder of that women's group in Brooklyn. And I joined them. And since then, it's been you know, amazing to grow with Girls Run and then also uh, join Adidas Runners as a community member and then eventually uh, applied to be a pacer. And now I'm a pacing at 11 minute um, for the group for our training runs. Uh, it's, a, it's half marathon in spring and then speed work in the um, summer and then the fall full marathon. And this is my second year um, being a pacer, and I absolutely love it. It uh, gives back to the community. Uh, you know, I received a lot as a community member and trained with Adidas twice with for the New York City Marathon. And, you know, I felt really encouraged and inspired by my um, team and the captains and coaches. And Adidas has a really cool uh, aspect of running, which is holistic. So they, uh, you know, help to understand that it's not just about running, but also mindset and strength and nutrition. So I really do appreciate the 
programming that they created and I'm glad I'm part of the team now. And then now I'm also part of the women's team. So we do different initiatives um, for women runners. And we also uh, launched a, uh, train, a 10K training team for the mini 10K, which is in June. Um, we have about 30 women runners who never ran a 10K before. And we wow. are actually training them um, with our long runs and, you know, uh, you know, group chat and newsletter tips on how to run on, you know, nutrition, all the basic stuff. Um, so that's been rewarding to be part of that um, training group as well. So and then, yeah, so it's community, you know, it's amazing. I love the the, um, you know, all the different races but we're also you know the journey to the race is really exciting you know not just about the race but the journey to with it so it's been really great to kind of be part with people uh on on their running journey especially if there's this is like the first half or the first full marathon and it's just been really exciting to kind of see their um re when they realize how much they've grown throughout the year the you know with the different um training programs that they're in so it's kind of it's kind of cool I like I love seeing them you know grow and learn and um, be proud of themselves hey folks let's talk about vacation races vacation races is a running and travel company that helps people explore and enjoy the most scenic places on earth it's just a remarkable company, and a big thing that they are promoting are their global adventures. So they just announced their full calendar for 2024. Currently, they offer 11 different global destinations from Alaska, Costa Rica, Croatia, Ecuador, Iceland, Ireland, Japan, New Zealand, Patagonia, Portugal, and a select and a secret destination. So I guess we'll find out about that later. These are unbelievable week-long adventures that do it's just amazing things. So in, not only are you going to be doing the running and the hiking and all that's associated with vacation races, but the meals and the hotels, they're all accounted for. for the, most, most of the meals and the drinks are all accounted for. The hotels are accounted for. You get a ton of swag. You get the beach hoodie. You get the race shirt, the medal, the Global Ventures trucker hat, um, some VR luggage tags. You got a bunch of stuff as well. All you need to do is sit back, relax, and book your flight. And it's really an incredible, incredible uh, company that if you are interested in doing some adventuring, that you, you can't do better than this place. It really is a remarkable thing. If you're interested in doing one of their global adventures, just go to vacationraces.com and use code RAMBLING200 to save $200 off your global adventures trip. Now, just, so, just a heads up, this does not work for any events that are sold out. Also, it's for the global adventures, not their half marathons, ultra marathons, or trail fests. Okay, so that's rambling 200 for a $200 off a global adventure. However, if you do want to do the ultra or the half that aren't sold out and you want to save some money on that, you can use code run rambling 15, say 15% on any half or ultra marathon that is not currently sold out. So you have two different choices again: the half of the ultra for rambling 15 or the global adventure for $200 off by using code rambling 200. All of this is in the show notes. Go check them out today. 
Yeah, I can tell it. Just the look on your face when you said that. It was, it was beaming th- through the computer screen. Um, going back to one of the first things you said about joining running in part because of the bullying that, that you had experienced as, as a youngster. Did did running help or in how, how did you work through that? Because I know that can be a very challenging things, challenging thing for a lot of people. And even as a parent whose daughter is roughly that age right now, like those sorts of things come into my head. Like, how would I handle that situation? How could I help her if you know she were ever to fall into that situation? So could you mind just telling us like how running may, maybe did or didn't help in that situation? Running at, as a teenager or preteen you know, we already have our, like, you know, identity crisis on who we are. But I feel like when you're part of a bigger group, your identity is attached to that group and you become more confident and your self-esteem grows and you feel like you belong. I think that was a huge thing that for me, I feel like I was belonging to another group that wants to be, you know, helping you grow so I think the team aspect of it made it more helpful to feel um, connected to people Um, because when you're not on a team you're kind of a loner or just hanging out by yourself so it was just brought um, connection for me I think because you know when you're being bullied and feeling like no one's going to be there for you um and especially it was the racism i faced um where it got to escalated to the principal and had you know we had many talks about it with the students and their parents um and my parents and you know it was really scarring as i think about it like wow i i didn't know it was racism at that time because it was it like it it wasn't apparent to me because I didn't know that was a racist slur until someone told me, like I told my mom and my mom was like that's a racist slur this is what is not appropriate for someone to call you that so um so it's like the social awkwardness of like not knowing and um you know someone's pointing out that it's racist and you're you know that was just a lot back then because it was not even talked about when I went to school about, you know, racism. So, um, and I grew up in Pennsylvania in Lancaster. So I was, I grew up in primary white area. So um, having targeted, being targeted with another minority student and being bullied for a month was not great. (laughs) So, um, but, you know, Emotionally, I was really hurt and just didn't know. So I think joining a running group, it really helped to process a lot of emotions. Maybe I was feeling that I just didn't know how to process yet. But through movement and a collective, I think it helps to um, build up a lot of confidence, I think, you know, in myself and my ability and who I am. So going in, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I really appreciate you opening up about it and sharing your sharing your your story here. Because uh, I think a lot of people either can relate to it or maybe it can help them relate to somebody else and maybe help them along the way. So 
when you reflect on the experiences you had, both the negative side of that and the positive side of you know joining the the, the cross country team and some of the benefits that that um, had on your life and that you were able to take from that, how does that? How do you take from both sides of that, the positive and the negative, with your your work now in the, you know both in Adidas and Girls Run NYC uh, to make sure that you're helping create the kind of group that can proactively help people either in a similar situation or make sure that that situation doesn't occur kind of on your watch, so to speak? Well, I have great coaches and leaders, women leaders. I learn from them. I think learn, uh, leading by example has been such an important thing for women um, in, in women's spaces for athletes, um, just women leading. You know, I'm watching women do amazing things <laughs> and lead these groups. So for me, being part of that, it's been rewarding. Um, you know, I see Jesse, Shishi, and Amira, who are the coaches for Girls Run, as big sisters. You know, they care and love us. They, you know, check on us. They provide space and uh, openness at our workouts, any pace, uh, it's a very inclusive space. Um, they welcome everyone. Um, so for me, it's just been learning from watching people who create these spaces. So, you know, I learn from them. And if, if I, there's anything that, you know, I might not know of, I can just easily go to them and ask them. So it's like, I'm not there just not knowing, I can actually go to them and ask for advice, you know, for anything that might come up. But having, you know, a consistent time of every Wednesday to show up, show up as you are, um, you know, the motto that they have is, it's, you know, consistent effort, um, just show up, you know, and so that's how I've been learning um, in the past five years with Girls Run. And then that, you know, also poured into Adidas runners as well. So I've been just watching people who, you know, inspire me to become a better person, you know, so for me, it's just been amazing to see my own growth um, as a beginning into the, you know, kind of shy, like, oh, I never run with people before (laughs) to like now I'm helping to pace and lead groups and workouts. So it's been um, very much of a meaningful purpose life that I'm leading right now. So it's been from all the things that I deal with, like with my mental health and then running helped me with go through that but then also it helped me to develop myself as a stronger person you know absolutely and let's talk about the the pacing and leading part of this uh some of the one of the biggest hurdles that i've seen i'd love to get your perspective on this as well uh for people joining running groups is pace them right someone be like all right like yeah but it's a group of runners i'm new uh, that inherently would mean this is this is someone else talking. I'm just like trying to parrot like a potential point of view here. Them think, all right, Aaron, I'm inherently going to be slower than these people. Like they are a running group, and I am new to running, right? So I don't necessarily feel comfortable. I feel like I need to get like involved with my own running first before I join a running group, which again is kind of like a chicken and egg thing. But I think 
you know, ultimately it's understanding, it's understandable why, why someone would have that go down that logical path. But yeah. as you know, there's a lot of fallacies in that path and that these running groups are welcome to a lot of people at a variety of different paces. And oftentimes, you know, the, these, these groups are made up by people who are, again, like, I guess people who are like you and me in terms of a pace perspective, right? Not just like the yeah. people who are out there winning races. Like they're made up mostly of amateur runners who are just trying to make running work for their lives. And that's inherently what these groups are for. So can you talk to me about how you discuss these running groups, either with people who are considering doing it, but they're worried or they're like stepping into it for as a first timer or they're fairly new and they're worried about their place in a group like this, especially if they view themselves as not quite the athlete that should be in a group like that. Um, so I think a lot of times like the more informal running groups are great for that. Um, just for introduction wise of like, this is what we do as a running group. Um, you know, we do stretches, warm up together, and then we do our workout and then do a, you know, a, a stretch, cool down. Um, once they experience it together, like the first time, I think it's eases the tension, but getting invited to come is always easier to bring in someone new. I think asking, hey, you know, I, I'm running with this group, you should come with me, you know, and also let me, I'll run with you, you know, so then you're not having that person just run by themselves, you know, it's like welcoming them into a new um, environment, like you'll be like, I'm hosting you <laughs> in this new space. That's a great way let of viewing me, it. Yeah. Let me help you adjust and be okay and comfortable at this time because once you do it a couple times it's less anxious of oh I'm not sure what I'm doing oh is this how it's supposed to be so there's a lot of anxiety when you start something new but if you help people like um by sharing information ahead of time it helps um, but not overload, like overwhelming them with information, information too, because you don't want to scare them off <laughs> saying you need to do X, Y, and Z to be this new runner, but no, but just, you know, tip, like put their toe in the water kind of feel and then, um, helping that transition, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but then also there's other running groups that are catered for, a run walk group, for example, you know, you can introduce them to different crews that have more of a inclusive pace groups as well, you know, and our pace group is like 1130 um, is for Adidas and girls run is usually anything between like a, anyone really. Um, but for our mini 10K program, it was for like anyone who who never done it we have a run walk option too you know to build up so having that options and knowing the options and giving people options to go and then maybe go with them so then it's less anxious for them because they might be socially shy person too because you know a lot of people are like oh this is new people i don't know anyone um but that's how you start to make friends 
and you know get to know people if you keep showing up every week and you know this is how the running crews were created I remember when it's like when I started I was like wow there's so many but now I'm like there's tons in New York but I know on other parts of the country it might not have that option to you know do a a run group but they can also do a virtual run group too you know kind of be accountable in that way too um during the pandemic it's like we couldn't see each other so you know we would check in um virtually you know like how was your run uh, even though we can't run together <laughs> at that time but um yeah there's there's options and possibilities for people to be introduced without feeling overwhelmed um you know a simple ask come run with me yeah and let's talk about let's especially from like the psychology side of this when you see um newer runners not just newer to a group but just new to running in general right mm -hmm. just a lot like this 10k group that you're working through right now what are some of the more common hurdles that people have to get past in order of, in order to really make running a habit or something that they find enjoyable and not necessarily like something on their to-do list just to just to get done or just to like I got to do this cuz my doctor told me to be healthier or or for whatever reason but to really you know get get past the point of tons of friction where you start to limit that and it becomes something more um more part of their daily life I think it starts with accountability, showing up for yourself and then showing up for others. Um, you know, just telling them you're here to show up for yourself right now, you know, and no one else. And that helps to um, give encouragement that they're there to do it for themselves, you know, and having an encouraging environment, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the fastest or the slowest, but you're still encouraged to do the best that you can. Um, I think that helps just to be encouraged than anything. Um, and having people to experience it as a collective is actually really powerful. The energy that we cheer on each other through the workout and stretching and high fives, you know, that all really make an impact on the experience of running because they, 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 they can feel the energy and, and the group and dynamics and, and, um, you know, the coaches and pacers and, um, it just shows them how it's possible that you can do it as a community, not by yourself, because sometimes people who just needs assistance, you know, just to get, get, a message saying, hey, you need to, you know, come with at least with water. <laughs> it's gonna be hot, <laughs> you know, so I think having, um, you know, chat, and then being able to kind of do smaller reminders, until you get into a habit. So it's like, you'd be constantly saying the same thing over and over again. But it's just helpful for news runners to get the, um, the message over and over again, you know, until they learn. And so if we say like anti-chafing, you know, get the glide, you know, and then they didn't do it, they'll learn from that, you know, not having it, you know. Oh, yeah. So you they'll learn, they'll by learn their first shower after yes, that experience. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, 
you know, it's by learning, by doing, and, you know, it's okay. You don't do everything at one time. Um, you know, you know, new, new runners can also get inspired by other new runners because they're like, oh, this is my first, first 5k. And this, you know, and we literally had like four people who had their first three miles on Saturday. And I was just like, this is so cool (laughs) because, you know, like it, it humbles you to go back to where you started in your journey and you want to have to give them the best experience, you know, like I want someone to help me when I started running, but, you know, doing my long runs by myself, I literally did a lot of my ultra marathon training by myself for the first two ultras. I did a lot of running by myself when I was doing the nine plus one. Uh, So yeah, I, I didn't have the community part, but now I see how important it is to, you know, be inspired and encouraged by other people. So I think my role is that, you know, just giving back that way. Yeah, you bring up a great point is that it's easy to lose sight of the beginner's experience once you're far removed from your own beginner's experience, right? And um, it doesn't take much to get back in that mindset. Like just this conversation is bringing me back to all of these same feelings and experiences. So I think working with these people consistently and in the way that you do, it must, you know, create a very interesting environment for your own running as someone who has run many marathons and done ultras as well. Like you're no beginner by any stretch of the imagination, but yet you work with beginners a lot. Um, Let's talk about your ultra training because you're someone who lives in a city and yet you trained for some trail ultras. So I guess, first of all, obviously you're you liked running longer races. I mean, your second race ever was a marathon. So, yeah. and your first race was a 10 miler. So, I mean, there you go. But, yeah. um, maybe your second race wasn't a marathon, but you said you designed it for a marathon, like right after your 10 miler, which is uh, a, a bold move. I'll just say so. And, and obviously it worked out for you and here you are, you've also run ultra. So what's it like for you training for an ultra in an urban area and just the the motivations around surrounding that and making sure that you're prepared because obviously it's it's hard to um i guess not obviously but i would assume it's hard to find running routes that mimic a trail ultra when you don't live near somewhere where it has a ton of trails or certainly isn't an urban area hey folks mother's day is right around the corner and i have the perfect gift for you so whether you have a mom whether you have a mother-in-law, maybe your mom, maybe there's another mom in your life that you want to get a present for. How about the gift of sleep, rest, and recovery? That is right. Lagoon Pillows is the place to be for that. Absolutely the go-to move for me when it comes to sleeping. I love their pillows so darn much. And let me tell you, the mom in your life, again, whether it's you, your mother, your mother-in-law, or just a good friend that you want to support is going to love a Lagoon Pillows. Now, go to Lagoon Sleep dot com forward slash rambling to take an internet quiz. Maybe you'll see what kind of pillow is the best fit for you or someone you love, or you can just go straight to the website and buy the pillow that you think is going to work best for the person in your life who needs it the most. And maybe that person is you. And if you use code rambling, you'll save 15% on your order. This is a pillow that has a five year guarantee. It is absolutely phenomenal. I am not joking. This pillow is the real deal and the people in your life 
are certainly going to agree. Again, that's lagoonsleep.com forward slash rambling for the online quiz to see which pillow works best for you. And you can use code rambling at checkout to save 15% today. Well, this year was different than other years, for sure. This year was the first time that Girls Run NYC had an actual ultra training program. Um, other years, it was just like a book. Here's a book. Here's a plan. Good luck. And then we might have like exchanged some, you know, tips and stuff like that in our group chat. And we went out together and experienced the ultra. But this year was super special um, because we had um, a new group of women who never done an ultra. I think we had 10 runners we had a support crew which is amazing that they came out just to support our team we had drivers we had people who you know crew and then um just really support us and cheered us on um so we had an actual program so the program consistent like our workouts during the week and then our long runs and so obviously our long runs are like in winter. So it is after usually it starts after usually the New York City Marathon and then goes from November, December, January and a little bit of February. And it's really cold and it's really dark. So it's very challenging. But those who love challenges, ultras are great. Um, because it really pushes you to be more disciplined and then also at the same time, like, um, gives you, I guess, gives you more like patience for yourself because sometimes you don't do everything and you don't get every, all the miles in that you're supposed to. Um, and so this year was this training plan that Jessie Zappo created for us as she is our, um, our, our um, ultra marathon coach uh, and founder of Girls Run. And she's a expert ultra runner herself. So, um, you know, we, we had Hill workout on Tuesdays. Um, and then we had a other workout on Thursdays, uh, all running on our own, but then we have group training runs. And so we would Try to go to the trail at least once a month, um, local. And then when in January, I planned out two routes for us. Um, we ran from Brooklyn to Manhattan to Fort Lee. And that, I think that was like 20 miles. <laughs> and then we ran. Does that mean you, did you, you cross the George Washington Bridge to get to yeah. Fort Lee? Yeah, we did. It was cold. It was like. It was like on my birth, like near my birthday, I think. So it was like my birthday run. Let's eat Korean food. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, and I should say, people don't know. I, Fort Lee is the first town in New Jersey once you cross the George Washington Bridge. So that, that's, yeah. that's Fort Lee. Yeah. So it, it's a long, it's a long run for sure. Um, it's pretty flat except for the bridges. And then um, I did another route with the group. We did four boroughs. And it was snowing, it was rainy, and it was, like, really bitter cold and windy that day. But we got through it. I think we did 20 miles again. (laughs) So, and then we did um, these other long runs. 
and we, you know, ended up eating ramen. But we did go to local trails like South Mountain, New Jersey to do um, trails. And that's I was just there. I just ran an ultra there. My first ultra ever was was on South Mountain. Yes. So that's a good that's a good um, trail to train on, really. So uh, I think we went twice. And yeah, so, you know, we found different trails that as close as we can uh, to it's very different in Arizona and Black Canyon. So um, but I think Jesse really prepared all of us. Um, And I did the 100K and everyone else did 60K. So I had to do extra miles before meeting up with the other girls. So I would have to do like six to 12 miles more before coming to their run. So I was like, and then we actually did a run walk method. So we actually um, timed our, I think, I forget, it was like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> I forget the minutes, but we basically ran a certain amount and then we walked a certain amount and then we did the same pattern over and then we would eat at the walking time. So then it actually helped so us. So you were to, never stopping, you're just constantly yeah. in motion. Yeah, and then it helped us to be like, I need to eat, I need to refuel. So it kind of gave us like internal like clock saying, oh, it's time to eat. Because we need to eat more, you know, while we're running. Yeah, you can't just be gels if you're out there for hours and hours and hours. Like, and you can't like chew and like run at the same time. So I I can see how that would work really well. Yeah. I mean, I ate real food, um, but then I started having like protein cookies, but even protein cookies was too sweet for me. So I had to like find alternatives, um, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, um, things that that I can actually eat like real food <laughs> and then um uh, but it changed up a little bit when I was actually on the trail I actually had to buy cheese and salami because I was just like pickles pickle juice I was like picking up r- random stuff <laughs> for my my actual ultra but in the training part I try to get things that I would get probably there um and like I did try to do goos and stuff, but I did use salt pills um, for my training. I uh, knew it was going to be hot, but I think what was really challenging is all the mileage in one week when you go up to like 60 to 70 miles a week and you're really fatigued. And I think that was like a whole other level of being tough <laughs> it's, it's trying to function mentally when you're exhausted and still running um and you're doing like back-to-back long runs for like four months straight so tell me about the, the lengths of those long runs either from a mileage standpoint or from a time on feet perspective and talk to me more about the the toughness aspect and i think it's interesting that you went to the mental side of first rather than the physical side, even though you're certainly describing something that, that does require physical toughness. Oh my gosh. Mental toughness definitely really builds. I mean, you got your external factors, which is like the cold, cold winter in New York. It's very windy. It's It can be very icy feeling, low temperatures. And it was January, December, January, actually, 
it's windy and cold, but we actually made the long runs really fun and adventurous. I think that's the other great thing about ultra running. You actually go and like create your own adventures and go to different parts of the city that you never gone to. And so it's just like, it's a really exciting experience, but at the same time, you have to take a whole day to do your run, come back and then recover and then go back out the same time, you know, like, so it could be like a 20 miler and then a 15 miler next Sunday. So that'll be like, you know, back to back to three weeks going up. And then the fourth week is going down on a rest week. And you keep building up again, three weeks and fourth week rest. Um, So it went up to, I think, almost 70 miles, I think. I I think I reached. Um, That's a lot of time running in a week. Yeah, because even during the weekday, I had to run as well. Like I had to do like 10 miles in one. Like it was just like really hard because you got to think about eating, sleeping, recovery, and then you got to run. And you're working. I mean, you're full time. Like a full time job, and you're you're physically and mentally exhausted. But you need that feeling because that's what happens when you're in the race because you're up more than twenty four hours in the race. So you I I I you have to kind of be on a fatigue sleep fatigue almost. Um, so it definitely had that helped a little bit, but I didn't experienced no sleep before in 24 hours before that was my first time to stay awake for 24 hours <laughs> in the race but yeah it was a really challenging um training but with i did girls run on saturday and then i had my other group of friends um the asian trail mix group um to also you know run with me on sundays so I had like two groups that I could tap into and like run with. So it was really nice. And that must have been a huge, a huge benefit mentally, right? To have these groups and to be not only accountable to them, but also on the run, being able to feed off the energy and to, and to focus on other people and, and not yourself. I know for me, that's like, if I'm just focusing on like my own internal struggle, like that's when things get to, that's things when go, things go bad quickly when I'm yeah. in that sort of headspace. Talk to me about how you handle those really super difficult times where your head is like we're done this is silly or what the the you know i think we all have experienced the the rabbit hole of negativity that can happen so when that happens to you how do you push back and keep going as a pacer you kind of encourage other people when they go through that stage as well you know so i kind of say the same thing that i tell them I tell them myself about like, you know, go at your own pace and it's okay to walk. It's, you know, just keep going, you know, like dig deep. I'll have my mantras. I'll have, I'll tell people like I'm struggling and they will help me to motivate me. But having friends on the run does help. Um, And because I'm fatigued, I can't think and look at directions the second day so it was really nice to have someone to actually have the directions and I just follow and that was really helpful for that training um but also I had a pacer during my race so again that was really helpful when I was 
at mile 50 in the race, I was literally thinking to quit. Like it was so painful. My feet hurt so bad because the rocks were so rocky. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I'm like under nutrition, everything. Um, but you know, my pacer, she, she, she's like, you know, kept me going, <laughs> checked up on me. And I was like, are you okay up back there? And it was dark. So it's really, when it's dark and there's nothing else to see, but the light in front of you and you're really, really tired. It's literally going into a place where you have to kind of be like, you, you can't just quit here. You made all this effort for you not to quit at mile 50, you know? So it, it was just a self-talk of being, you can do this. You have gone through hard stuff before. This is going to be amazing when you finish. <laughs> so it's like all the positive self-talk you can think of at that moment was like, I want to quit. I really want to quit. I hate this right now. I'm so tired. I want to sleep. And then, and then you have to, you know, but all the training runs help you get, fight that negative self-talk because you're training your brain over the four months of training, like not to think that way. So when you do have it in the, the, um, the actual ultra, you will be able to kind of override it. You know, that, that negative voice in your head, you know? Absolutely. That was a great way of putting it. Ellie, thank you so much for sharing all of this. It has been a pleasure talking to you, learning more about your story and just how you work through challenges and how you help other people to do the same. If people want to learn more about you, where should they go? Um, they can follow me on Instagram at Ellie Windham. There it is, at Ellie yeah. Windham. All right. <laughs> Ellie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Go check out Vacation Races today. Lagoon Pillows as well, the best Mother's Day gift that you can have. Also, Relay over at patreon.com forward slash Relay. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.